Greetings, everyone. This is KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. I'm your host, Mike Malsom, and our other host is Eric Woodard. Here I am. Hello. Hey, Eric. Hey, Eric, you know, uh, after this weekend of volume, summer's coming, I start thinking about all the events that Spokane to offer. Yeah. And it just so happens our guest today is one of the, uh, I I would say, um, mainstays in terms of organizing events for summer that involve music and art and all those kind of things. So our esteemed guest today, Matt Bogue, welcome. Hey, guys. Hello. So, Matt, hey, just, uh, you know, give us a little background on uh, how how you came to be the entrepreneur and... uh, kind of all-around uh, community organizer, musician, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all-around lots of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jack of all trades. Um, yeah. Well, I was born and raised a musician, born and raised in Spokane. Um, got into the art music scene pretty early, uh, mostly music scene early. Uh, played in a, numerous bands in Spokane. And... Uh, as a graphic designer, kind of got me into the art scene, um, kind of goes hand in hand with Spokane, uh, a lot of talented artists out there. As far as uh, the art scene, um, promoting the art scene, really got started in that, um, doing a thing called the 7-2 Draw uh, with Jesse Pierpoint, and we, we were gathering artists to do these big art battles in different events in downtown. What does that, that look like? What is that? A 7-2 draw-off? Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Jesse kind of started at 7-2 just to kind of get all the coworkers together. They're always doodling, you know, on meetings for, for different projects. And he was like, yeah, let's, let's blow this up, do, do an art battle. And the first one was at 7-2. And when I started at 7-2 as a graph designer, um, I was like, this is rad. Like, we got to... <laughs> We got to get this outside of the building at 7-2. So we start, it's basically an eight foot by eight foot board that we put together and then have like three on three or two on two um, artists kind of going head to head. Two hours is what they, there's rules behind it. So it's like two hours, you get certain colors to work with. It started out with just black and white. So it's kind of like chopped, but for art? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It. It got intense, you know, mm-hmm. friendly uh, competition. Now, was there, a, was there a judge or something that, that determined at the end who won? So with, when I joined uh, kind of like organizing these with Jesse, we'd be the judges. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't, uh, didn't that evolve into where the public, you know, where you could buy tickets and you yes. would put tickets in and there, there was some money to be raised also for a good cause? Uh, oh, yeah. There's always that, a nonprofit involved. Yeah. Um, and we teamed up with numerous nonprofits uh, in the area and it was a great thing to just kind of get out there, you know, donate a dollar to get a boat and kind of an easy way to, to gather people and excitement and, uh, to, for people to be able to give back. Now, are you still doing the draw offs as part of, uh, some of your community events um, that you're doing? So that kind of like introduced me to... Um, organizing artists for events to do live art and as I left 7-2 you know all good things have have an end but I I didn't want this thing to end so 
I kept it going kind of into my new, new venture or newer venture after 7-2, where I started Unifest with my wife, uh, Stephanie Bogue. What's up, Steph? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so within that, like we continue to do draws um, through the, the new business and and really with Unifest, what I saw was kind of a need for an organization or a business to to get out there and, and be able to coordinate art, coordinate music, and add those two elements into different community events in Spokane. So that's kind of how that all started. And, and Steph's super passionate about art and music as well. I mean, part of why I married her. But <laughs> <laughs> so tell us more about Unifest. Yeah, so Unifest, um, from the start, started uh, at our wedding together. Um, so Steph and I met at the Gorge at Sasquatch Music Festival, um, RIP. <laughs> I was going to uh, say the same thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, we met there, fell in love pretty quick. She's Canadian, so she's up in Vancouver. And uh, so we uh, long distance dated for about two years. And um, we met up at multiple kind of local um, area Northwest uh, music festivals. And uh, we called it Unifest. Like we just thought of that name out of meeting at different festivals and our and our love together. And uh, so yeah, that kind of went into our wedding, calling our wedding Unifest as a graph designer and a you know a marketer. I'm like, okay, let's brand our wedding. <laughs> and, and we turned our wedding into just a big festival with uh, it was a pretty big wedding, 250 people. Um, of just kind of a music fest vibe um, downtown Spokane and all of her people from Canada came down and, and all my people here in Spokane and it was it was a blast yeah, yeah. Um, actually I remember that you went, you went there <laughs> yeah you got the mall Sam's out yeah so um, Unifest so the vision of Unifest um, and how you started and how it's being manifested out I mean wh- where do you see what is the overall vision of what you want to accomplish with Unifest? Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody has their, their dreams of a vision, but um, realistic, you always have to be realistic on the business sense of things, you know, on the business side, mm-hmm. and what we can you know, handle. Because I, I always have uh, my hands in a lot of pots of, of different things I want to do, different ventures. Um, so Unifest has kind of organically grew into what it is now, um, and it really starts with. So that's how it started, and then we, the year later, like everybody at our wedding was like, "You guys got to do this every year," <laughs> and so that's how Unifest, the annual event, started. We did that first one just as a okay, we did it. Like, and what year down. was that? Uh, that was 2000. Better get this one right now. I know. Oh, sorry to put you on the spot. I know. Uh, 2015. 16? Yeah. 16. Okay. So that was the first one. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first one. So this is our fourth year this year. Um, yeah, it was the first one. It was at the Washington Cracker Building. And, uh, had some great bands, some great live artists. Um, so heard, what would people yeah. see if they came to Unifest this year? What's it going to look like? This year for Unifest, um, live music, live art. We have a great lineup. We have Belonely, Bad Motivator, Von the Baptist, and a band from Seattle, kind of a newer band called Frond. 
some great oh, summery kind of shoegazy vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then we had a bunch of DJs. Um, Steph and I will probably get up there and do a little bit of DJing, but for the most part, we had DJ Case, DJ Orange. Um, for live artists, we have Jesse Hines and Hugh Russell doing some live art. And then a bunch of vendors. It's kind of an all-around mix. Every year is different. Every year is a different lineup and kind of a different mix. Uh, we've had it at different locations every year. So this year it's at River City Brewing uh-huh. in their lot there. Um, oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah, close to home. We're, we bought a house in Browns Edition, so we love mm-hmm. that area and just really excited about this year having it close to home. And so on top of um, Unifest, um, what other things kind of – well, how many uh, events does Unifest have this summer? You have the one big one at uh, River City Brewing. So, yeah. Yeah, the, our, the only event that we fully plan ourselves, um, we, we had a year where we were getting into organizing bigger events like Art Fest and part of, part of Elk Fest and a bunch of the fests. <laughs> and uh, so – we got into so Unifest is the only one we fully organize, um, but we're uh, we integrate into multiple events throughout the year. So every year is different uh, depending on what people need. Doing a lot of DJing around town, so uh, check out DJ Unifest. DJ Moonwild is my wife's kind of DJ name, yeah. and uh, yeah, we really love that. We integrate photo booths um, if an event needs booking. You know, we have that network if an event needs live art. We have that network. Now, this is a big question, but what is it? What kind of work goes into organizing a festival like that? Because I, I think is that the question reading you're going to ask? Man, you're reading. I my mean, mind. I just think. I mean, Lots a, of work. anybody who's watched the <laughs> Fire Festival documentaries yeah. knows how much work it takes to run a festival that doesn't even run, let alone how to run a festival year but, after year yeah. that keeps doing it. So, what does that look like? By the way, the Fire Fest is is the F word to me. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. This festival's huh? a bad name. <laughs> Uh, yeah. How many times I've heard that anyways. Uh, so yeah, to organize a festival, I mean, of course I haven't organized a ton of festivals, but you just get into it. You learn along the way. Um, and every year gets easier and every year you, you create new relationships and really the only way Unifest could ever happen is the relationships we've made along the way and the, the, uh, tight bonds we've made with the different areas in Spokane. And so um, it starts with getting getting the budget is, mm-hmm. is really how it starts and getting out there and, and kind of selling what you're all about. Um, I mean, Unifest is there to for Spokane to bring culture to events and, uh, and give a stage for artists, musicians to show their stuff in Spokane because we have so much talent here. So that's really why Unifest exists. Um, but to create a festival, um, there's a lot of things, you know, a lot of, you got to map out the area. You have to submit things to the city, to the fire department, make sure all that's good to go. A lot of open communication. You have to be organized. Um, we have crazy spreadsheets, you know, making sure (laughs) everything, you know, everything's all detailed and organized. Um, and then, uh, make sure that, your artists and your people that are involved are taken care of and, and are know all the information. Um, and they're part of that. What's going to get your event out. So it's really just supplying them with all the right tools to promote and to push it. And, uh, yeah, there's, it's all that, you know, it's promotion, it's relationships, 
getting the budget from the sponsorships um, and maintaining those sponsorship relationships as well. But then on the other side, it's just like porta potties and portable yeah. fences yeah. and all stuff like that. All the details. Do you handle all that stuff too? Uh, no, we have we have partners for that um, or go to people for that. Um, I use uh, my buddy Levi over at Octagon House Entertainment. Check him out. He's got an event. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. The Cannonball, but uh, in Brown's edition. So he, I go to him. He's a go-to guy for a lot of things um, that we do, and has become a good friend of ours. And uh, and then porta potties. You know, <laughs> we got a. Who do we go for that? It's kind of a brand new one. Sunny buckets or something. <laughs> they, they're, they're super clean. It's all about clean porta potties and uh yeah stage we've we've used vip productions um and amped uh to very good production so does levi kind of handle all that stuff all all the details of that um i handle all the details levi he's kind of my go-to guy for um well he's supplying the pa this year he's kind of man of all trades as well he's and he keeps adding to his event offerings um and so it's always good to be able to go to one guy Mm -hmm. for a lot of things and so he has all the fencing all the barricades um we use his trailer as a stage (laughs) part of our stage you know we're kind of a diy in that with unifest you know and it's all about just making it a event to remember we put a lot of art installation a lot of effort in you know how it looks and the vibe of it you know just coming from music festivals you know we go to a lot of music festivals see a lot of things um recently went to costa rica and worked on some art installations for the uh, music festival out there and just kind of bringing all that into spokane and trying to integrate it into our event to just kind of make it stand out as art and music you know so yeah. what, what are the biggest red tape things i mean everything that you're saying i'm sure each year there's some new surprise but if if an organization wanted to collaborate and do an event, a community event like downtown where you incorporated music or art like that, what does the city require? Do, you, do, they, like, do you have to get like a, your own liquor license if you're going to sell beer? Oh, yeah. And does, does all of that cost money? Are there regulations that are fairly challenging? And, that- and just before you answer the question, it sounds like it's just a series of pains in the butt. It can be. <laughs> it depends on your your outlook on it, and your you know you always got to keep a smile on your face, especially with the city. Um, no, that that's one thing that, like I said, you know, it's a learning process through each year. Um, you do have to depends on the area. So the la- last year we were we were over in Kendall Yards mm-hmm. in the dirt lot there, right by the Inlander, and so that area um, and. All of the years we've worked with a nonprofit, um, specifically for special events and to give back to the nonprofit. Um, and so, for a special event, you just do a special event permit, and you do all of the beer garden through the nonprofit, and all of that money, you know, all the profits from that go to the nonprofit. Um, and this year, since being in the River City Brewing lot, we're able to. Um, use their license to be able to license and they have kind of a special permit to where it's it can be all ages and people can walk around with the beer and not 
I still don't understand, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. those kind of things. Yeah. But you have to carry it in your left hand if you walk past this I fence. <laughs> so how do nonprofits? Yeah. I mean, uh, partner with Unifest, say for example, uh, you know, to kind of share in that because. Uh, what we're saying, you know, KYRS is a nonprofit. And I think of all, all these great nonprofits uh, throughout Spokane, but there's kind of a fixed pot of money for nonprofits to try to raise money from. Yeah. Um, so how does that work? Always reach out to us. Uh, we don't, like I said, we have one event that we plan mm-hmm. a year, and uh, we've been fortunate enough to to team up with a lot of really cool nonprofits. Um, and we usually, you know, go towards a nonprofit that we really want to work with sure. for that year. And so, um, this year in not working with a nonprofit, it's not because we don't want to work with a nonprofit. Um, we're kind of trying to shift gears and we've had a conversation about this a lot with Unifest that it should be a nonprofit. People tell us that it should be a nonprofit because, um, the event Unifest, we don't make any profit on it. All of that goes right back to the musicians or right back to the artists, um, everybody a part of it, because it is kind of a big thing. We really want to make it as big as it can be. And all of that money um, we put right back into the event, right back into the artists and musicians. So um, it would be great to be able to serve as a nonprofit because I really think musicians and artists in general, um, should be paid for their, their efforts and their work. Amen, brother. And so that's, I mean, I see it all the time, you know, people getting hired to, we try to pay as much as we can with Unifest and hopefully that grows to be able to, um, accommodate, you know, the musician, musicians and artists that, that do Unifest, but hopefully that stems into being able to do other events. Um, so that's kind of in conversation of, potentially switch into the nonprofit model so that we can do events and be able to pay, you know, pay the artists, pay the musicians, everybody involved, kind of what they deserve for all of their efforts. So, so on top of being a, uh, entrepreneur, uh, community or event organizer, um, as you talked about your graphic artist as well as a musician, and I think once we take a, a short break here, do a little business. We're gonna we're gonna approach that side of uh, Matt Bogue. Awesome. Praxis, putting a theory into practical use. Every week, hear stories from our city, region, and world about people putting ideas into motion. Join your host, Taylor me in interviews with activists artists academics and anyone shaking up systems with radical action tune in live mondays at 4 p.m right here on kyrs thin air community radio some public service announce announcements um help keep art hour and other shows at KYRS coming to you every week for as little as $3 a month by texting Give KYRS to 44321. Art Hour and other shows here in KYRS relies on support from listeners just like you. Just $3 a month keeps us going strong, and you can help by texting again Give KYRS to 44321. 
You can also support KYRS by drinking coffee. Every first Monday of the month, KYRS gets 10% of the proceeds at Cafe Affogato. Uh, Cafe Affogato is located at 19 West Main. Information is at 509-868-0011. I also want to remind you, you're listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM, KYRS. We're here with Matt Bogue. We've talked a lot about Unifest. We've talked a lot about business and porta-potties and stuff like that. But that's kind of the boring stuff that gets you to the art. Uh, We'd like to talk to you a little bit more about what you do as an artist. So, First of all, you're a graphic designer. That's how you make most of your money, right? So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, been a graphic designer for 17-plus years. Went to the Falls. um, Great program there for graphic design. And went into print design for about eight years and jumped into digital um, design. So that's web design, um, application design, you name it. <laughs> so kind of have a a good range of, of the design world uh, through my years. Worked at 7-2, worked at Gravity Jack, a couple agencies in town here. Um, recently started, had my own freelance business called Baroque for a couple years, which was pretty much a way to... Uh, pay taxes as a freelance designer <laughs> and uh recently started a, a new thing with some partners um called houdini interactive so what does uh, houdini interactive do that um has got you excited now as opposed to maybe some of your past gigs uh the fact that i'm taking the leap with a couple guys instead of just myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, super excited about it um with all of the, our knowledge in in the digital world, uh, there's a lot of technologies out there that um, with that knowledge we're able to combine. We're really focusing on experiential marketing. So it kind of really ties into Unifest and the things we do with that. Um, taking the digital world and kind of blending that with the physical world and creating experiences that are unique that brands can take and um, take to trade shows, take to brand activations, guerrilla installations, uh, you name it, and to be able to get their brand out through human interaction and human touch, feel all the senses, and have a digital kind of futuristic approach to that. And have you started this yet? Have you launched any yeah, sites very now? fresh. Been a couple months into and, it. And where could people go to... Maybe see a sample of some of the websites uh, that you're doing with some of the. Uh, you can go to our site. We don't have being fresh. You know, we don't have mm-hmm. our work on there quite yet. But uh, Houdini Studio, just go there. You can see what what Houdini is all about. And then uh, some other sites you can go to. You can go to baroquebrand.com. That's kind of my freelance site. You can see a lot of works I've done through the years there. And then uh, Unifestco.com is all the Unifest stuff that I'm doing. Wow. And there is a website for the event, Unifest, unifestnorthwest.com. So check that out. So many websites. Now, being uh, a graphic designer, <laughs> is that, I mean, it seems like that, it, it, it's a lot about making sure that, uh, you know, you have your brand, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, you got to have people come to you, right? Uh, ha, has that been a, has that, is 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 that a tough road for, an artist to be a graphic designer since you kind of rely on other people to, to ask you to do the stuff. Yeah. It, 
It can be. And like a, like anything else, um, it's all relationships. You just get out there, meet people. Um, a lot of the work I get is word of mouth. Um, it's meeting people somewhere. Oh, you do a website, you do a brand. Um, and it's really just hustling, you know, and having fun doing it. Don't hustle yeah. and feel like it's a chore because you're not going to get anywhere doing that. Um, make sure you love what you're doing. And I have been fortunate enough to choose a career path that I do love what I do. And, uh, the artistic nature of it and the technical nature and being able to like combine those aspects into my career, um, has really, I feel like given me success with my career. Now, graphic designers, um, you know, it's been around for a while and it's kind of evolved along with the technology. Um, do you see any trends if, to be able to look into the future a little bit of mm-hmm. where you s- could maybe see where graphic design is going. Um, I'm just thinking of kids now going through school, trying to figure out what they're going to do. Yeah. Uh, a young Matt Bogue out there figuring out where would I go if I wanted to be a graphic designer? What am I getting into? That kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of trends um, happening with graphic design. And what I see, uh, hopefully, and I don't think it ever will, but print design will never die. Um, and I hope it doesn't, but it's, it, it's taking a different kind of path now that we have the web, we have, um, mobile applications and we, we have a mix of all of those things. So, um, there's a, a lot of technology out there and, um, and kind of dipping my foot in like all of those different realms of, of design, I I think there the trend is going to start going into a way to mix all of those arenas of design um and figure out this kind of mixed design realm of web print um cuz now you have you know augmented reality which uh some of it uses printed markers and 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 things with print and using kind of unique creative ways to go about that um in introducing that to the public and now with virtual reality, that's a whole nother mm. kind of thing. Uh, everybody kind of knows the whole Google Glass thing that came out. Like Stuff like that's going to start coming back strong now that a lot of these techni- technologies are kind of and advancing into... Um, it's crazy seeing technology advance. I mean, not too long ago, we didn't have the, the web, you know, World Wide Web. And so now it's like okay, that's here and it's going to continue to push and continue to push um, the technology that we're finding. And now there's all these other elements um, introducing with that. So now how do you stay up on all that stuff? Um, <laughs> Same. Yep. Google. <laughs> you know, it, you just a, Google in. How do I stay up with all this? You, <laughs> you can only stay up. I mean, I, I've stayed up on it um, just working at the places I've worked at. And having to stay stay up on it, and and uh, I mean, there's there's blogs, there's different places you can go to um, to learn about it. But uh, when it comes down to you know design and the set principles of design, those always stay true. Um, it's just a different application for that. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at a website design, there's rules around that. When you're looking at mobile design, there's rules around that. So it's just learning those rules and staying true to what you've already learned as a designer and 
and uh, yeah, just kind of evolving with technology. Really. What what separates uh, a successful graphic artist designer f- from those that struggle? I mean, that's an in- I'm sure there's intangibles yeah. there, but um, there must be something there that allows some people to be very successful, develop a clientele. You talked about relationships, but yeah. what other ingredients go into that? I would I'd say experience. Um, I've tried to get jobs that I'm like, ooh, that looks interesting. I'm going to get out there and learn from these people. And it's learning from other designers, learn from everybody around you, really, um, and trying to retain that knowledge and kind of grow as yourself in your career. I mean, that's kind of the same thing with any career, mm-hmm. um, learning from the people around you. But I would say um, if you feel like you're struggling with design, get out there, get a junior design position somewhere or internship and just learn from the talent that's around you. And that itself will heighten your, your, your skills. Well, I've, I, sure. So you said that the, the principles of design are just the same no matter where you go. Now I want to go back though and say, so if you look back at say Mad Men era fifties and all that stuff, I mean, and I don't know anything about graphic design. So yeah. would you say that the principles have always been the same, that, that these are kind of, ironclad, you know, bread in the bone type stuff that, that when you know graphic design, it doesn't matter when you live, you kind of know the basics. Yeah. There are some standard principles, uh, but the tools have changed. So back in those days, you know, Mm -hmm. you had people illustrating everything and I'm glad I didn't live back in those (laughs) days. I'm not the best illustrator. (laughs) And, uh, it's really just learning the tools of your craft, you know, uh, Adobe suite, it keeps getting better and better. And the tools are just ridiculous. How much, how much you can do with those tools. They're so powerful. So it's just getting in there. And even if you don't have work to do or anything, just practice, you know, with Mm -hmm. anything practice makes perfect. And so, yeah. yeah. Does somebody have to go to post a uh, high school education to be a successful graphic designer. Um, and I just say that because I know I've talked to people that are in the film industry and they'll say, well, what we, who we hire now is just somebody just like you said, that's just been doing it, has the experience and has gone. So can you also be successful as a do it yourself, learn as you go, you have, you know, maybe a proclivity for the technology and the tools that go along with yeah. graphic design. I, I'm going to say yes. Like the resources are out there and that all depends on how you self teach yourself. Um, you can go out there, do a bunch of tutorials online and, and learn yourself. I've met a ton of great designers that have taught themselves how to do it. Um, but if you need structure within that teaching, go to school, um, find a school to do that. But I feel like graph design is one of those careers that you can teach yourself. Um, I've seen, really talented artists teach themselves graph design mm-hmm. in the programs and, and they succeed in that. That's the beauty of graph design. It's, it's still an art because you could, you see an illustrator get into graph design. Their style is completely different from someone who uses, you know, a bunch of f- photography mashups or, uh, is mm-hmm. artistic in that way. Mm-hmm. So everybody has, uh, and that's the other thing too. I'd say find your style, like really, try different things and figure out what you like the most and what makes your art, your, your craft yours. 
And that's really what's going to make you succeed is once that hits, like I remember when it happened for me, it was just like light bulb turned on. I'm like, okay, this is my style. And really it just kind of naturally happened. And I'm posting stuff to dribble and posting things. And I'm like, Oh, I guess I do have a style, you know? And, um, so yeah, it's, once you find your style, really kind of hone that in, but don't be afraid to learn more things. So speaking of style, uh, Matt, you're also uh, an accomplished drummer who has played in several local projects here in Spokane over the past several years. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your newest project, and we've got a a few cuts that we want to play off your latest LP. Yeah, so I'm in a band, a local band called Laminates, and we play kind of a post-punk grunge uh, rock and roll sound. And uh, it started with my buddy Chris, um, moved back here from Portland. He was originally from Spokane, moved back, and I always loved what he did. So I was like, hey, man. And I didn't have a band at the time, so I was like, we got to play together. So uh, we got together in my basement, kind of jammed, and he already had some songs written and kind of went from there and clicked. And uh, we've gone through a couple of different... um, third party members you know of the band like we started out with a sec just two guitars um with no bass and then once that uh person left we added a bass guitar and we're like why don't we do this from the beginning (laughs) um that went really well uh it's actually ian nelson from bad motivator he's playing unifest uh he got to be like oh man i can't be in like three bands and like have a full-time job and so that's why he left. Um, and then we got Jason Overdorf, who's played in multiple bands in Spokane. And we've always wanted to play together. He's in, uh, he was in Bar Talk and yeah. a bunch of different bands in Spokane. So he's kind of like the newest member, and it really clicked. And it's, it's going really well um, with the three of us. And, uh, yeah, so we're, we're playing this weekend. All right. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's play. A, a which uh, which cut are we playing? Uh, number one, the first one on there is one we're going to play, and this which one's called "End Patterns." Right? Is that the one mm-hmm. we're looking for? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. All right. <laughs>
Oh, that was awesome, Matt. Thank you. So, quick question, though. Um, and I think I have maybe an inkling of what the answer might be, but why drums and when did you start? <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Mike's been longtime friends with my dad, Brian Bogue, um, music teacher in Spokane for many years, recently retired, but he never retires. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I was born and raised uh, a musician, like I said, kind of, that was my sports was music and i thank my dad for that uh getting me into percussion he's a percussionist for the symphony um he was a elementary middle school band teacher and taught me you know taught me most of what i know uh so yeah it it started from from the ground up and i just continued you know through my teenage years getting into heavy metal and uh really found my roots um i've played all sorts of different kinds of music um but really kind of lean more towards the rock and roll stuff um whether it be metal in my younger years or you know the progressive rock stuff um i was in a band called monuments we did a lot of progressive rock it was all instrumental so a little more cinematic um with that band but uh yeah done a lot any um crossover between what you're doing with um, your graphic design and how you think about that, how your art manifests out in the design world. And then also you have on the other side your your musicality and, and the process you go through in being a musician, being a drummer, and then the role of a drummer also in the various projects that you have. Um, do they both work? together for you do you think i ever think about that or is that just yeah i've i mean it's weird how those things when you kind of find your sound in music or you find your your style Mm -hmm. in art it's weird how those things kind of coincide eventually like the older you get it's like whoa this makes sense this makes sense i'd say my style and design is is organized chaos you know it's chaotic it's organized there's a reason why things are where they are and uh for drumming i'd say the same (laughs) like hard hitting but still organized like um some of my you know favorite drummers are are they can keep that backbeat they can keep it keep it flowing and not add too much but add that flair where where it's necessary so yeah so i'm glad you said that because i was thinking i um if i was to look at your design work would it would it be that in terms of not too overwhelming but just solid like you're looking at that and you're just thinking this is supporting the brand in such a way that maybe you as a drummer would support you know your rock and roll band project type of thing i mean yeah i've done some way chaotic designs where i'm like (laughs) 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 but uh which sometimes when i'm drumming it's like (laughs) but uh yeah it it all i know i love with design, I love trying new things. Um, I've, you know, done the illustrative stuff. Uh, I tend to lean more towards, you know, uh, the blending of graphics and, and in a way that just kind of looks right to me. And um, that's really kind of the weird thing about art is, like, when you're finally finished, you know, and uh, finally finished with a piece and you can be like, okay, that's done. Um, 
I've heard that a lot with artists. That's like the hardest thing to do with art is like, okay, this is done. This is a finished piece and I can push it out there. And I feel like I've been kind of blessed with, and I I think that goes into my like being able to organize events and being organized Mm -hmm. and my time spent in agencies where it had to be done, you know, in that fast paced agency world, I've learned how to do that. So in blending those, you know, what I've been taught through those experiences, it kind of like has crafted me into, I can be chaotic, but still organized at the same time. So speaking of chaotic, I want to go back to the heavy metal that you used to play. Yeah. So first band, tell me about the, I mean, I'm just curious because when I started music, I wanted to play Led Zeppelin songs. Yeah. Uh, So when you first started, what, what was the, I mean, what made you want to play music? Um... Or who made you want to play music, I guess? <laughs> well, I grew up on a... Uh, I went through a whole bunch of... So I was raised Christian. Went through a whole bunch of just, like, Christian bands that went into Solid State Records, which was, like, Zayo and, like, all these crazy metal bands. And so that kind of... And these are not me. Christian metal? Zayo was at Oh, the they time. are. Okay. Uh, and then it got me into you know, all the solid state bands. And then that eventually got me into like the, the, uh, straight edge punk rock, hardcore bands. Um, so that got me into the punk rock. So like Lagwagon, MXPX, all like all those bands. Um, and so it kind of took this weaving turn into after that phase. So my first kind of metal band that I played in, it was death kills time. And, uh, we were pretty heavy hitting and screaming and, and obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it was a lot of fun though. It was a good group of guys. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I got into that kind of mellowed out a bit as I got more into the kind of like Mastodon and, um, you know, there was Converge, uh, a lot of these like hardcore and then, eased into the more like uh, instrumental stuff so i was done with the screaming and i was like (laughs) i still like the heavy hitting stuff so some of my you know favorite bands now are just uh let's see russian circles um uh as i see you from afar there's this like long name for this band Mm -hmm. uh yeah there's a bunch of really good just like progressive rock um metal influenced bands but without the screaming but you mentioned previously you were in a synth type band right yeah and that wasn't metal at all right not metal at all so what was it like that kind (laughs) of got me into the electronics um that was kind of an experiment with my buddy tobias um so he him and his wife have a thing called tech tax uh check that out he's gotten heavily into the analog synth stuff and before all that started we were in a band called bias um, when he first moved to Spokane or moved back to Spokane. And then, uh, we started a band called crystalline, which was all just kind of a morph from that band, which mm-hmm. was kind of folky rock. We were starting to integrate some electronics in the end of it. And then it started to get more and more electronics. And then we we're like, okay, this is a whole new band. Let's call it crystalline. Mm-hmm. And we, it was an interesting setup. Mm-hmm. We started to introduce like looping pedals, and like all the wrong ways to <laughs> do electronic music with looping it. And I had a drum machine that I was actually using a guitar looper to loop um, my drum beats. 
instead of just getting a drum <laughs> machine. <laughs> uh, but it was interesting. It, yeah. We set up kind of like DJ style, like both standing up right next to each other. I had like two big floor toms um, right next to me where I can go tribal on on certain parts of the song. Um, and it kind of took that, you know, cinematic kind of instrumental music electronic vibe and then we did some kind of like popier kind of dancier tunes um but it was an very interesting band band yeah yeah. i'm thinking eric we might play another cut and then that's gonna take us into the last chance for matt to promote all right and what we're playing now here is more to lose right Awesome, Matt. So, yeah. with the time remaining, um, tell us tell us about what uh, is coming up for Laminates, okay. 
And then we can go right into Unifest and any other things that you got. Um, I know it's going to be a busy summer for you. So. Oh, yeah. Always busy. <laughs> Always. Uh, so Laminates uh, this weekend, Saturday, uh, we're playing Cannonball, uh, kind of a newer music fest over in Brown's Edition. Uh, my buddy Levi is putting that on, and it's right where Elk Fest used to be, so kind of trying to fill that void in his backyard. Yeah. And it's free, all ages, so come down for that. It's a great lineup. Uh, what other bands, uh, really quick, do you have uh, on the lineup there besides There's the Laminates? Indian Goat, from what I can remember. Yeah. Uh, Indian Goat, Kung Fu Vinyls playing. Um, that's all I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's going to be a good one. And it's yeah. all day, right? It's all day. So we're playing that, and then my wife and I are DJing uh, the Pack Ave for like an after party thing for after the event. So being an outdoor event, it's got to start stop at ten, and then when you're done with that, come have a little dance party at the Pack Ave. All and right. And what about Unifest? Uh, Unifest, July thirteenth. Um, it's a Saturday, so we got a little bit of time. Um, uh, River River City Brewing. And so, again, we have Bad Motivator, Balonely, uh, Vaughn the Baptist, and Frond from Seattle. And DJs, live art, we have food trucks, um, we'll have No Lie Seltzers. I had no idea they make seltzers, but they're bringing their new <laughs> seltzers down. River City Brewing, um, all of their, their beer, of course. Come see their new tap room. So they just renovated that, new ownership down there. And then we're also having uh, One Tree Cider down there. So lots of options for drinks and some vendors in the area there and local artists. What other things does uh, Unifest have uh, planned? Do you do a fall thing, a winter thing, or uh, do you, I know you do some things where you collaborate, like, say, for terrain or maybe other. Yeah, we, we collaborate with as um, much as we can. Yeah. So um, I would say just follow us on our Facebook. Um, it's Unifest Co. And then uh, Instagram, you know, check out Unifest Co. on Instagram. And we always post, you know, everything we're involved with. A uh, lot of DJing. So, and with Lucky You's basement opening, uh, there's some DJ dance parties down there. So we'll be doing a lot of that. Now, both you and your wife are doing DJing. What's the the name of the the DJ? So when people see this, like an yeah, Englander, easy DJ Unifest. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, branding, DJ, branding, my branding. wife is DJ Moon Wild. Moon Wild, right? Yeah. Now, we were talking as that last song was playing. You recorded that over in Seattle with Jack Andino. Yep. Uh, sounds great. Uh, are you recording anything else coming up? Yeah. We, I mean, having the new bass player, uh, still working on some new material, uh, definitely wanting to get a full length going. So who knows when that's going to be. I can't say you know anything about that. But we we definitely do have two or three songs in the mix that we haven't played live yet. So just kind of working on working on songs and uh, building up that that bank of songs that we can then go in and uh, record them all as a full length. Are you so, playing any of those new songs at the Cannonball? Um, we have one newer song that we just started kind of playing together. So, yeah, there's one in the mix there. We have about six That people may not have set. heard before, so you got to go to Cannonball yeah. to hear it, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> right there's on. always something new with our show. Our guitarists, you know, bending over backwards over a speaker or something or... You know, 
breaking an amp theatricality like of it <laughs> yeah yeah right on it's right rock on. and roll man yeah we were talking to a previous guest said that he just got 150 uh tiny little baby dolls and he sewed them onto a suit uh for one of his shows and he would just tear them off during the show and throw it at the crowd so oh, there's creepy. something about I, it, but he, he was a creepy dude uh yeah so there's something about theatricality that keeps oh, yeah. people coming out yeah, yeah for totally. sure and um, i was gonna say and for Companies, organizations, uh, nonprofits, or anybody that's looking to build a website, how do they get a hold of you regarding your new venture with your uh, couple partners yeah. in doing that? You can get get through Unifest or Houdini. So uh, if you go to unifestco.com, that goes directly to me if you email through there. Um, but that's matt at unifestco.com or matt at houdini.studio um, is my two emails. Wow. Well, Matt, it has been an absolute pleasure to have yeah, you on thanks, our guys, show. Yeah, it was me. so great to Man, meet you. It was really you fun. So you got so many plates spinning. It's yeah. kind of admirable to see all the cool I things do. that you're doing. Man. Yeah, and, and, and we appreciate the, the getting the community together, and, and for the, the years you've been doing that is much appreciated as well. Yeah, and before I leave, uh, Bart, you're not really a creepy dude. I was just <laughs> I actually I, was in a band with Bart. You were in a band with Bart Templeman. Yeah, the last time he like resurrected the Dead Sea Squirrels. Yeah. You were oh. in that band. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, oh, that's great. We I played saw- one show as a Halloween show, and oh, then okay. they quit on me. And okay, like, I love Bart. seeing the Dead Sea Squirrels. That is crazy. <laughs> I only oh, that's great. Okay, uh, see it all yeah. comes together. I know all their songs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so great meeting you, yeah. and thanks for coming in. Yeah, and until next week, this is KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, eighty-eight point one and ninety-two point three FM. See you next week. Which is their source of drinking water.